Thanks to Jelen Lord, you learned about the Devilian nature of the Dianet. And, well, let's continue <laughs> now uh, with other uh, intermediary beings and, uh, well, other kinds of uh, uh, religious uh, beliefs and, and practices uh, too. More seriously, freedom of religion in nowadays Turkey is a matter generating uh, fierce debates and polemics as well as producing false evidences. Most of the critics, both positive and negative ones, targeting a state religious policy emanate from four different kinds of sources and contexts. The first one is the judicial one, uh, as displayed in the court cases in Turkey, but also at the level of the European Court of Human Rights. The second point is referring to the reports, uh, mostly originated from the United States, and that uh, fulminate religious persecution of non-Muslims. The third context is the one of this widespread idea that Turkey inherited both Turkic and an Ottoman tradition of tolerance towards religious plurality and confessional differences. And the fourth point is embedded uh, in Turkish inner politics in the pattern of a structural antagonism that has been mentioned already by, uh, by Jiren between the secular Turks and the conservative Muafazakyash once. And it's the master narrative uh, Jiren referred to. This tension is to be understood in a context where secular nature of the state, uh, as you already uh, explained, was sealed again by the 1982 constitution designed by the military junta. The rule of the Islamist party AKP being often accused of striking the foundations of, the, of secularism in Turkey, a secularism that is presented uh, as the main uh, tool for preserving freedom of uh, religion. However, secularism in its genuine version is probably not the best way to set main arguments in the debate on freedom of religion. First, one may argue, and... I guess that some of you may not agree with my statement, uh, that in Turkey everybody is secular in a way, but with, uh, let's say, his own understanding of secularism. Beside any polemical purpose, one may admit, for, for instance, that even Islamist activists are, in the Turkish context, framed by secularism. Furthermore, to rely on the constitutional rule disguarding any attention to religious practices is, again in the Turkish case, let's say, adventurous. Here we probably touch one of the main limits of all the approaches of freedom of religion I summed before. Within a very holistic pattern, essentialized religious identities are conceived as collective and not individual. The religious identity of citizens is defined by state registration, civil status, of newborn babies, according to the religious identities, identity of their parents. This is a starting point, and in most of the cases, the final point, as the state is not interested at all in learning about possible change of religious feelings and belonging. Conversion is facilitated, facilitated for non-Muslims who declare for Islam, 
in a very gendered and unequal manner. On the contrary, uh, that's, well, almost impossible for non-Muslim. This conception of religious, of religions, paved the way to a state claim that more than 98%, uh, 99 maybe, uh, of the population is Muslim. However, this claim relying on official statistics doesn't help us again to frame the issue of freedom of religion. In the Turkish case, one is facing a huge paradox. Religion is at the very center of most of the main issues in Turkey, but one has no idea about religious practices. Does people go to the mosque? If people go to the mosque, is it on a regular basis? If it's the case, what people do there? I mean, beside prayer. Does people read holy books? Via which channel? Beside, how does uh, people access to religious knowledge? Let's go a bit further uh, with weird questions. Does people believe in heaven, in angels, in the devil, in the last judgment, in the beyond? All beliefs that are compatible, and more than compatible, uh, with Quranic teachings. Whatever they do believe in, how do they figure out all the things they have to believe in? That's one of the questions we have to cope with. What I'll try to say here is that to restrict any discussion on freedom of religion to a very narrow and formal perspective that excludes religious practices and beliefs, spirituality and religiosity, internalized religion, is foolish. The main goal, our main goal when we launched uh, this uh, research program, Laurent uh, briefly talked about, uh, on new forms of religiosities in Turkey, our main goal was to dive eventually at the core of religious life. We chose to focus on an aspect that was not considered by academia as a very serious matter, as well as a relevant one for Muslim societies. New Age alternative spiritualities and, as long as they are related to spirituality, alternative therapies. I will not tell you about our findings, strictly speaking, but about the way our findings may illuminate our understanding of religious practices and beliefs and challenge the very definition of uh, religion in the Turkish context. Most of the alternative spiritualities uh, we tracked and, and study on are not considered by religious authorities, and among them uh, the Dianet, and by state authorities as a whole as religio religions, I use plural here, and religion, singular. This perception is also adopted by practitioners in order to become less visible, even if they are displayed in public space, and this is clearly a strategy in order to avoid any trouble with state authorities. On the contrary, when practitioners want to exclude rivals, they point them as moved by a religious agenda. The Turkish state acted firstly in a very liberal manner towards yoga courses that flourished from the 1990s on, seemingly not very interested in dissociating those bearing clearly, let's say, a neo-Hindu or a religious dimension, and the others. The official discourse, uh, however, changed drastically after Gezi uh, Park protest events in May-June 2013. The involvement of some yoga practitioners performing yoga session in Gezi Park 
drew the attention of the state authorities to an ordinary activity that turned in their eyes to a political stand of opponents to the AKP regime. The Ministry of Sport banned, as mentioned by Jelen again, any sign of religious expression in the semi-private spaces where yoga courses were organized. The main concern was for the state to contain those who represented a political and not a religious threat. Therefore, again, it did not target the very religious actor among the uh, practitioners, but, let's say, those sharing a way of life that was considered as politically dangerous. The standard adopted by uh, the, the Ministry uh, of, Port, of, sorry, of Sport was, a very consist, uh, what not, well, was not a very consistent one. The presence of any inner decoration that could be a spiritual dim, dim, dimension, might be statute or pictures, by definition, a non-Muslim one. For those who know a bit about decoration of yoga spaces in Istanbul, but also about feng shui fashion in, among secular elites, the scope of investigation was uh, rather large. This attack on yoga teachings was not the first one uh, initiated by the Dianet and the faculties of divinity. These attacks started from the end of the 1990s and uh, expanded in the, the 2000 and took the form of publication, regular publication of articles denigrating all kinds of spiritual teachings originated from the Far East, sometime through the West, underlining the, the foreign origin. This discredit is usually the simplest way the state tried to prevent the conservative side to follow uh, such teachings and practices, presenting them as perverted or deviating religions, Sapugdinler. Beside this argument uh, used by the Dianet, there was also the idea that secular people were the only ones to show interest for the New Age practices and beliefs. This strategy of containment was in a way of a very defensive nature, far, far from any proactive stand aiming, for example, at bringing the secular to a more conservative attitude. As for the stress on foreign origin, echoing nationalistic and chauvinistic understanding of religion, it was probably more efficient, at least for the seculars bound to nationalist views. Again, a matter of politics. The refusal of any alternative spirituality perceived as imported might be uh, enough to stop people's curiosity. Sorry, might not be enough to stop people's curiosity. Then another tactical move is used. It consists in drawing parallels between some foreign practices and local ones. In this case, Sufism and Neo-Sufism are the main sources for these, for I mean, drawing these symmetric relations. The argument is a very basic one. Why looking to other and others uh, spiritualities? if all provide us with similar contents. However, the argument might have a reversal effect, reducing the distance between the two worlds and explicitly blurring the boundaries between religious traditions. If one carefully 
scrutinized the group that are performing Sufi rituals, one might be surprised by the fact that hybridity and or eclecticism are not limited to the less conservative ones. If one looks from an individual perspective, and not a collective one this time, more than a combination or mixing of spiritual traditions, what is at stake is a circulation through religions, through rituals, through places. Shared religions, religious spaces are not a place for religious dialogue, but a more utilitarist and egoistic predation of others' spiritual goods. This captation process works on both sides, increasing circulation in between. In the case of other Middle Eastern Muslim societies, for example, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and so on, one has also to pay attention to self-development or self-help literature that flourished in the 2000s. This literature expanded in, the, in, in a very peculiar uh, way in Turkey and took the aspect of, uh, how to name it, kind of let it go uh, literature, Allah Birak. At the same time, a more therapy-oriented component of the literature developed. One of the merging points of the self-development and therapy sites could be summed up as a kind of imitatio Mohammedi. Well, uh, the life of the prophet becoming a model even for uh, mundane interactions or successful career trajectories. Symmetrically, a light version of Sufism or neo-Sufism diffused in secular circles exactly in the same way it happened in the West. The last aspect of alternative spiritualities I want to discuss here is connected to the matter of transmission. Here, state actors internalize fully the new pattern of spirituality that was brought by New Age actors in the religious market, where competencies are acquired by certificates, seminars, and validation of training sessions. In order to control the spread of alternative therapies, the state set a schedule selecting those who would benefit from a quick state validation, a condition for their institutionalization, and those who need to wait a bit. In the worst case, those who were not even taken into consideration. Here, the state agencies connected with the health public se uh, sector acted as regulation tools. As conclusive remarks, one need first to point a process of individualization of religion and religiosities that did not start in the 90s, but probably with the translation of the Quran into Turkish during the Republican era. Yet, this process considerably speed up, speeded up from the 1990s. It is still not in, uh, taken into account by analyses that focus, for example, on Islamization as a main trend. The short glimpse I gave on various interaction between state actors, religious authorities, and religious subjects evidence that freedom of religion need to be grasped in a more complex and flexible dialectic than the one put forward by the four kind of context I mentioned in my introduction. 
Thank you for your attention.